Your Bible's handy. We're going to go to Psalm 46, verse 10. 46 and 10. I'm going to focus on the first part of this. Says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth. But be still and know that I am God. We're gonna, uh, if you'll allow me, it might be awkward. Uh, we're gonna talk about finding God in the awkward silence. Let's uh, pray one more time together. Jesus. Hallelujah, God. I thank you for your, for your spirit that's here, God, your anointing and presence. God, I pray in your name that your will be done in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus. You can sit down, I guess. Be seated, I guess, is the, the preacher way to say it. But there are a couple ways um, to preach. In different ways, there is the topical, and there is expository. I don't know if you knew that, but now you do. Expository. Uh, that's kind of what we've been doing lately, what we do on Wednesday, Sunday nights, uh, where you take a, a passage of scripture, and you, uh, you go through, and you see what that you know, collection of verses says. It could be a chapter, it could be you know, just a passage or whatever, it could be a book. We just kind of go through it and see what it says. And topical is where you focus on a subject and maybe you jump around a little bit. Um, this book to that book. And uh, that's what we're doing today. Topical. Not tropical. Tropical would be fun. But uh, <laughs> topical. That was an awkward dad joke. So forgive me. But I don't know if you noticed this, but we live in a world that cannot be quiet. Right? People can't stop talking. We are afraid of silence. I'm going to make this really awkward, so be prepared. But we are afraid of silence because it makes us feel a little awkward. I don't know why, but that's where we are as a society. I don't know if you've ever been in a car ride with someone. Um, maybe you don't know them very well, and they just don't want to talk. And it's like, okay. And you try to force a conversation. Amanda knows. Try to force a conversation. Try to make it happen. And it's not happening. You know, yes, no, maybe. Uh, uh. You know, some of you guys are married to those people. <laughs> right? It's awkward. And you're like, well, maybe they're mad. And you're trying to, and you don't know. And it's just this awkward silence. And sometimes you know that they're mad. You know, that's even more awkward. Because you, you got to be careful. But... Our society, everything is geared towards people that are extroverted, people that like to talk. Um, you know, if you're looking for a job, you'll, you'll look at the job description and they want someone that's friendly and outgoing. Every time they want someone that's friendly and outgoing. I've worked with lots of friendly and outgoing people and generally they aren't the best workers because they're too busy talking. <laughs> right? Some jobs you need that, some jobs you don't, but everyone's looking for someone that's friendly and outgoing and it's fine to be those things. I'm not... Coming down on you. But <laughs> there's more to 
a job than that. And you know, generally those people hop around from job to job because they don't like it here, they get a job easily. And then the awkward ones like us, we don't do well in interviews and we're stuck at that one job for 30 years, right? But we have this thing where we're friendly and outgoing and we, we got this and we think it's the same thing and it's not the same thing. You can be friendly and quiet, it's fine. You can be outgoing and not friendly, but we put them together and if somebody's outgoing and they talk a lot, well that means they're a nice person, that means they're friendly and uh, you can be outgoing and rude, we've all met those, right? So we've got this thing where we just focus so much on someone that can talk and the ability to talk and you know that's good for sales, um, but not for everything. But we live in a society where we prize the ability to talk and to fill in the awkward silence. If somebody can just carry on a conversation, that's great. And as somebody that doesn't like to talk a lot, except for when I'm up here, um, I'm fine with those people because they fill in the awkward silence. It's good. We all need them. But um, our society values people that can carry on a conversation more than someone that can't for some reason. And silence has a tendency to make us uncomfortable, I will show you right now. Excellent. I was gonna go a whole minute, but you got the point. Everyone's giggling because you don't know what to do. <laughs> like it's awkward, right? Silence is awkward. The problem with us is when we value talking over silence or just making noise over silence is that we're always talking and never listening. And you know, back in the day, back in the day, we used to value silence. We used to describe someone as a strong, silent type, right? Oh, look at that. You know, that was a that was a good thing, and. Um, now everyone's expected to be some sort of salesman. Um, one of my favorite literary characters of all time, Matthew Cuthbert. <laughs> he was so quiet, no one even knew anything about him, but the most attention he drew to himself was when he died, the book says. And, well, the first time, shy, quiet Matthew Cuthbert was a person of central importance. The white majesty of death had fallen on him and set him apart as one crowned. He had more attention drawn to him the fact that he died than anything he'd done in his life because he was so quiet, but he it's one of those guys. We say that silence is golden. We used to. Unless you have kids. That means they're probably up to something. But it's in the silence that we, we find God. Sometimes. Some, the song we read said, be still and know that I and God, being still literally means take your hands off and relax, calm down, and be quiet. We like to be hands-on people. We like to manage our own lives, but God is God, and we are not, and we are just his servants. So sometimes we need to be quiet and be still and take our hands off and let him work. If I'm going to follow him, I need to learn how to be quiet. I need to learn how to step back and let him work and let him speak. Ecclesiastes 3 and 7 says, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. It's interesting that sowing and rending are mentioned the same time as talking and keeping quiet. Because our words are powerful. And sometimes we can get carried away with mindless talking and end up tearing apart things that we never meant to. 
Right? Has anyone ever been there? Maybe you don't want to raise your hand, but you know, there's those people that just seem to draw that idiot. If you're not careful, you end up saying a lot of things that you never meant to say, or you didn't want to say, and you don't actually mean it. Just some people have that ability. But there's a time for silence and a time to speak, and um, we usually notice the time for silence after we've spoken. All the married people say amen. And you've gone too far. You've said too much. Like, I should have not said anything there. But it's too late. No. <clears throat> if we could learn how to do it before, we'd be in a lot better position. Um, but there is a time to speak and there's a time not to speak. And just because you can doesn't mean you need to. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Sometimes we talk just to talk because we're afraid of the quietness, so we kind of babble about nothing. You know, this is a great message, right? We all know people like that. I've worked with some. Talk all day and they never say anything. Right? Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 and 16 says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase in the more ungodliness. The more we just talk for the sake of, of talking, you know, the more danger we are in just in producing things, you know, vain and profane babbling, just saying nonsense, just saying things that maybe we shouldn't say. The more we just talk to talk, the more danger we are in just saying things that we shouldn't be saying. You ever, ever ever been talking and and you think, you know, what am I even saying? I do that sometimes up here, maybe right now. <laughs> well, why am I even talking right now? What am I even? There's words coming out, and you're not even. Paying attention to what you're saying, you're like, what am I even doing? How, how do I make it stop? Right? No, just me. But you don't because it'll be awkward. An awkward silence is awkward. So we'd rather fill time with foolish talking than be uncomfortable instead. And there's value in the awkward silence. Luke chapter 1, verse 11 to 22. We're going to go through some stories in the, in the Bible um, to show this. Luke 11, I'm sorry, Luke 1 and 11 says, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing in the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be Great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall return to the Lord their God, and he shall go before them in the spirit of power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready the people of the Lord. So this angel shows up to Zacharias, and he starts talking to him about this promised son that he's been looking for, he's been praying for a son, and he said, God heard your prayer, he's going to... He's going to provide this son. And Zacharias said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee to show thee these glad tidings. Then he said, And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. Verse 22, when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. 
Zacharias was a priest and part of his job was to speak. Imagine if I suddenly got struck with the, I was going to say dumbness, but I think I already had that. But if we suddenly got struck with the ability to not speak, it would make church a little awkward. Are you coming in? I'm happy to learn sign language better. My wife could interpret for me. I guess we could do that. We could make it work. But it'd be awkward. Zacharias was a priest, and that was part of his job, was to, to speak to people and to pray aloud and give out offerings and all that. But an angel shows up, and he tells them that his old lady's going to have a baby, and they're old, and they shouldn't be having babies. Right? And he's like, how is this going to happen? You know, how... This is impossible. We're old. How is this going to happen? He's filled with doubt because it's an improbable thing. And the angel Gabriel says, I'll prove it to you. You're not going to be able to speak until this baby is born because you didn't believe. And old Zacharias, he was unable to speak the entire pregnancy. And he comes out of the temple and all of a sudden he can't talk. When he went into that temple, he was able to talk. He was able to speak. He was able to make noise. And, you know, how awkward would that be? Comes out. Everyone's waiting for him to finish his priestly duties. And now he can't say anything. He knows how, but he can't. He did before he went in. He spoke when he was in there. He spoke to the angel. And now he can't. That is super awkward. No one's going to believe you. How are you going to explain that to people? You can't because you can't speak. It's frustrating. You, you want to speak. You you know the words, you know how to do it, but it's just not coming out. And you can't, and that's got to be awkward. And so Zacharias is put in this position, but God caused this awkward silence for Zacharias. He made it happen, and sometimes he puts us in awkward places to learn. And we just need to be quiet sometimes and listen and learn from him. It's in the awkward times that we grow. You think about it. When were you most awkward as a person? Teenager, middle school, when did you grow the most? It takes awkwardness to grow. I'm still there, so I'm still growing. We used to say in Bible school, we had these clever sayings that people would, preachers would use, but one of the ones they said was during the test, the teacher is silent. And it's in the silence, as uncomfortable as it is, that you find out how much you know. Find out how close you are to Jesus, how strong your faith is, how much you actually believe in him. It's in the silence that you come to know him. And it was through that awkward silence that um, Zacharias went through. His wife was probably okay with it, but it was in that awkward silence that he went from doubt to believing. It was in that awkward silence that his whole outlook Changed. He became closer to God, and through that awkwardness, his miracle took place. Um, Luke 1, 59, it says, It came to pass on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, No, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote and said his name, wrote saying his name is John and they marveled all and his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loose and he spake and praised God so it was through this awkward silence nine month plus months of this that his prayer was answered and his faith was restored and his miracle was born and sometimes we just need to be quiet and let God work 
We can get so busy talking and just making noise and just carrying on and just... And we miss out on what God wants to say and do in our lives. We are afraid of silence, but we need to not be afraid. The Bible says, be still and know. It's when we are still, it's when we are quiet that we learn who he is. Amen. Mark 4, 37, and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on the pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest, not, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The disciples had seen Jesus do some incredible things, healings and, and miracles and these miraculous things. And when Jesus calmed the storm, when Jesus said, Peace, be still, something started to click in their minds. Something started to click in their hearts. And they said, who is this guy? Who is this man? Who is, what is going on here? I've seen him do all these other things, but he just calmed this storm. What is going on? It was when they were actually silent. When the storm was quiet. And there was peace. That they started to get a revelation of who he actually was. It was when the silence happened that they started to see who he was. Don't be afraid of quiet times of the silence. It's after the storm. It's after the noise and the peace and the quiet that follows that we start to see who he really is. we got to go through some storms. But there are times where we just need to be quiet and see who he is. If we're always talking, we're always making noise, ever living in a state of chaos. When we're afraid of silence, afraid of the quiet and the peace. We won't get that. And we'll miss out on so much. We need times of quiet in our lives. We need times of peace. We, all, we need still times. Or he'll never be able to speak to us. Or show us who he is. When we were in Africa with the, the missionaries. Um, we hit the ground running. And we were going non-stop. And then there was a week or two where it just seemed there was nothing happening. There was no, you know... You know, there was no special events going on. Everything just kind of slowed down. And they said to us, in that moment, they say, we need to be thankful for these quiet times. Because there are times when you feel like, I just can't even keep up. And there are other times where it's just quiet. We need to be thankful for those times. You go through seasons. Sometimes you can be so busy that you, you can't think or, or breathe, it feels like. And then there are times of quiet. We need those times to recharge and refresh and to get closer to Him to help carry us through Amen. those hectic seasons. But some, some people just like chaos. Some people just like things happening. They don't want to think too much. I don't know. It's just we need to be thankful for those quiet times. We need those. We need times of quiet or we'll burn out and we'll get, get frustrated. And wear ourselves out. <clears throat> Another story, Joshua 6 and 10. It says, Joshua commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you to shout. Then ye should, uh, then shall ye shout. I'm preaching on this once. You may remember, shout out the march or something like that. Sorry. <laughs> but when Joshua and Israel marched around Jericho, Joshua told them to walk and to not make a sound. 
Why? Because we have a tendency to talk ourselves out of what God wants us to do. Well, this is crazy, guys. Why are we walking around this city? This is the dumbest thing we've ever done. I could have stayed home and walked around my tent. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? Why are we walking around this city? You know, somebody would have started saying that. Somebody would have started talking. The Israelites had a history of murmuring. Why are we doing this? This is foolish. We, we can talk ourselves out of what God wants us to do. You know, I can't go there because this. And they list all these reasons why we can't do something for God. Or I can't pray for them because of this. Or I can't witness because of this. And we start listing off things until we talk ourselves out of doing what God called us to do in the first place. And we make excuses and we don't let God lead us. When we talk too much. God called Jonah to Nineveh and he ran and he went. It wasn't until he went through the storm and he was in the belly of a fish, the bottom of the ocean, in the quiet, that he realized maybe I should do it. It wasn't until God calmed all that and it was quiet. It took him, still took him three days to repent. That's a stubborn man. I would have been repentant all over the boat. Before I hit the water, I would have had my soul right with the Lord. You know, waiting to fish three days before he cried out to God. That is, man. Samuel was called in the middle of the night. Gideon was hiding alone. Jacob wrestled an angel in the night when everyone else was sleeping. David was out in the field alone when he was called and anointed. You don't think it would have been awkward for the Israelites walking around an entire city with their whole country not saying a word? That would be the most awkward of all. That in itself is a miracle. Yes. <laughs> that they all walked around the city and nobody said anything. That's incredible. Yes. I try to walk through the woods with my kids. And you're like, hey, be quiet. <laughs> you're never going to see any. You don't want to see animals, right? Well, you're never going to see animals. You're going, la, 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 stomping and carrying on. Right. So I'm like, be quiet. Yeah. Five seconds, maybe. <laughs> Julia cannot whisper to save her life. We never see anything. Well, sometimes a squirrel, because they don't care. But <laughs> that's a miracle. They walked around the city all that time, and nobody said anything. Yes. Right? For days. Yes. And through that awkward silence, through that walking in quiet, they found out who God was. They saw how strong he was. They saw his might. He gave them the city, and he started to fulfill his word and his promise to them, but they had to go through six days of walking around in awkward silence. And the seventh, they were finally allowed to yell. They had that pent up for a while. That was probably the loudest yell that ever came out. But we can't be afraid of awkward silences. So many times we run when things get uncomfortable, but it's in the quiet that he speaks. Another story, Israel had just left Egypt. They were delivered by God and their ten plagues and and all that stuff. And they came to the Red Sea. And Pharaoh and his army were behind them. And the sea was in front. And they were stuck. And the army was coming after them. This army that lost their firstborn children because of the Israelites. Because of what God had done. And they, they had given their jewelry to them. All their prized possessions to get rid of them. And now they're coming back. That's uncomfortable. They're trapped. It's an awkward place. And they start freaking out. And they, awkwardness can do that to some people. Some of us live there. Some people can't handle it. That's how it is. 
pressure is too much sometimes. And they start freaking out. And they say, why are we here? We should have just stayed in Egypt. What are we doing? We're going to die. Why did God lead us out here? We're going we're gonna to end up. Um, we're going to get killed. We're going to drown. Uh, this is so foolish. Why did we leave? We're going to die. I hate everything. Ah, right? Exodus 14 and 13. And Moses said to the people, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. And Moses said, hey, calm down. Be, <laughs> fear not. Stand still. Stop flipping out. Be quiet. Close it. Watch what God is going to do. Watch what's going to happen. And he parted the Red Sea and the army followed. The sea collapsed. The Egyptians were gone and Israel was delivered. But they had to calm down first to see it happen. It was an awkward situation, but they needed to be quiet to let God work. If we want him to work in our lives, there are times that we just need to stop. Stop running around. Stop trying to figure everything out. Stop trying to straighten everything out. Just Calm down, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Just let Him work. If we've given Him our situation, if we've given Him our problems, we just need to let Him do it and stop trying to fix it on our own because that never works. There are times we just need to stop and breathe and calm down and be quiet and step aside and let Him work. As hard as that is, as uncomfortable as it is, as awkward as that is, let Him do it. Don't try to do it for Him. Either He's going to do it or you're going to do it. Just let him work. And through that awkward time, that awkward silence, we see him work. We find peace and we see his promises come to pass. All right, we're all still here. One more story. First Kings 19, uh, 9 to 12. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with a sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Elijah's <laughs> like, I'm the only one that's even living for you. Everyone else is trying to kill me. Woe is me. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break, it, break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. My wife could come back. I don't know what you're going to play. <laughs> Elijah had made this cave his home and he was waiting for God to tell him what to do, what his next move was, and he was in fear and he was so depressed that he was willing to give up his calling, even willing to give up his life. And finally God came to him and spoke to Elijah and it wasn't to yell at him, it wasn't to tell him what to do, but he just asked him a question. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And his answer, Elijah both brags about how faithful he was and Sounds a little depressed too. He's like, I'm the only one that's living for you. I'm the only one that's doing anything. They're all against me. I'm the only one left. And he makes it look as though every last Jew in the northern kingdom had turned against him and God. And when actually it was only Jezebel that wanted to kill him. He blew it all out of proportion. 
We've probably all felt like that before. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that cares. I'm the only one in my family. I'm the only one at church. I'm the only one that cares. I'm the only one trying to live for God. So God decides to show up or to show him something to snap him out of this. To bring him out of this depression or this funk that he's that he's in and he sends a wind and the wind is so strong that it breaks the rocks. It breaks the mountain that he's He's hiding, and that's a pretty powerful wind. We've had some strong winds here. Sometimes I'm afraid I'm going to lose the roof, or the windows aren't going to make it through the night, or whatever. But this wind is breaking rocks. That's pretty intense. But God wasn't in the wind. And then he sends an earthquake that shakes everything, and that would be terrifying. He's in a cave. It's not a good place to be. Huh? He could die in this earthquake. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And then he sends a fire, and Elijah knows fire. He's called down fire from heaven on the altar. And clearly God is going to be in this fire. We're Pentecostal. We love fire. But God wasn't in the fire. And after all these incredible things happen, rocks breaking from the wind, earthquakes, fire falling... Fire happening, just all these miraculous type things are all said and done. There's a still, small, quiet voice that speaks to him. He's just been through a crazy storm. He's just been through an earthquake and fire. And he expected to hear from God and all that stuff. But he didn't. And that's an awkward place to be. And you expect God to speak and he doesn't. It's uncomfortable. And here was Elijah. He was questioning everything he'd ever done, everything he'd ever known. And, and then God didn't even speak to him the way that he expected. And after the fire, a still small voice. And in the quiet, in the stillness, God speaks. It's in the awkward silences of our lives that we find Jesus. We can spend all of our lives making noise and chasing sound and big events and camps and crusades. And yes, he can speak and he does. And those events, and he calls people, those events, I'm not downplaying those, but he also calls and he also speaks to you at your bedside. When you're driving your car in the prayer room, around the altar, in a little service, in a little church, in a little province, in a big country. Some of my most impactful times in God's presence, the times that have kept me going, have been times when it was just me and God and nobody else was around, away from the noise, away from all the unnecessary clatter and chatter of the world my bedroom as a, as a teenager. We were in Ontario and we didn't know what to do. And I was praying in the basement of the church one day and God just showed up and it was awesome. One time I, when I was struggling with all the anger of my father, I went to his grave. It was just me and my mom stayed in the van and I prayed and God moved. There. It wasn't a 
big event. Nothing's more quiet than a graveyard. Nothing's more awkward than a graveyard. On a rooftop in Benin, before we came home, I went up and I prayed and got on a time with the Lord. Another place, whatever. Just these moments where it's just us and God, and maybe it's uncomfortable, and we want to make a lot of noise, and we just need to take time sometime and let God speak in the stillness. In the awkward silence, He speaks. If we spend all of our time speaking and talking and making noise and chasing the wind and the earthquake and the fire and all that, we will miss out on the still, small voice. You cannot hear a still, small voice when there's other noise over top of it. Annabelle does not have a loud voice. She'll be trying to talk to us from the back of the car. On our other car, she was even further back. We had three rows. She was in the back, and she'd be saying something. I'm like, I cannot hear you. And she would say it again. I'm like, I still can't hear you. And then we get frustrated because we couldn't hear what she's saying. And then it would be something completely ridiculous that didn't even matter. And then it made you more frustrated. But we had a still, small voice we couldn't hear because we were too far away. Or we couldn't hear because there was too much other noise or somebody else was talking or the radio was too loud or the window was down or whatever. We couldn't hear because there was all these other noises. But that didn't mean that she wasn't speaking. Sometimes we can't hear him. He's speaking, but we just need to be quiet and let him speak. It starts with us being still. Be still and know that I am God. Just be quiet and let him speak. We spend all our time talking. We're not going to hear him. We spend all our time making noise. We're not going to hear him. I know it may be uncomfortable. Silence is uncomfortable, but that's when we hear his voice. It starts with us being still. Let him speak and know it. Know that he is God through that. Like Zacharias, through the quiet, we will see him work. Like the disciples, through the, the peace after the storm, we start to understand who he is. Like Joshua, don't talk yourself out of his will or his blessing for your life or his purpose for your life. See his promise come to pass. Like Moses, through standing still, see his provision take place. Like Elijah, through the quiet, hear his voice. Let's pray this morning. Let's make a vow that we're going to spend some time with Him. Silence, as awkward as that may be, just quiet everything around us so we can hear His voice. Get alone with Him. Let Him speak. Don't be afraid of the awkwardness. It may be uncomfortable, but that's where we find him. We find God in the awkward silence. Amen. We're going to open the altar. I know it's a little weird.